Yes, the most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Yeah, that's right, folks. It's Max Dice for the Max Dice Breakfast Show on the Ministry of Dice Radio. I'm here to introduce to you two fine fellows of the podcasting world who know more about Dice Masters than anyone else on the entire planet. Chris and Andy, take it away. Thanks, Max. Yes, hello and welcome, folks, to episode 70 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as the True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy. A.K.A. Mr. Dice Tumble. <laughs> it's Justin's house! <laughs> Thank you! We never did it. We've still got that recording, you know. Mr. Tumble Spotty Dice Bag. <laughs> there is a segment an un, an unpublished segment sat on a google drive that even we decided was a bridge too far <laughs> to actually put out there do you know what masks are children oh, no. how about fists <laughs> oh god <laughs> well don't start doing the material oh, that no. we then decided we <laughs> one day gadget one day <laughs> one day gadget oh it's a it's in joke mania we're not even two minutes in <laughs> good evening my man or evening as we're recording this how are you today i don't know anymore mate i really don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's just one big long never-ending day dog days mate dog days None. i've shaved the beard off how oh, have you yeah oh nice I had some video conferences that I needed to tidy up a bit for. I even had a shirt on the other day. God, have you cut your hair? Have you I know, a, tell me about had it. Had a home haircut yet? Are you like grade two? <laughs> no, not a chance. No, I'm certainly not getting clipped. As I approach 40, uh, the one thing that I was thinking the other day, like you do, what have I learned in these 40 years on this earth? And I think the only thing I've managed to achieve is a stubborn resistance to changing my hairstyle for about <laughs> 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years or so same hairstyle <laughs> See, I've, also wearing the same clothes i've got a, <laughs> i've got a pair of clippers that i used to use back when i was younger uh until someone uh, pointed out that with a shaved head and the the large kind of overcoat i used to wear over my suit i looked a lot like uncle festa <laughs> <laughs> after that point i put a little bit more hair on the top of my head Oh, that's that's a compliment, mate. <laughs> no, it's not for you. For me, oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're quite quite welcome. Yeah, I know what you mean, man, and I'm sure many of the listeners out there will be feeling the same way as it drags on and on and on and on. Another three weeks. I know it sounds awful, but I really want to. I, I really want to not hear my kids' voices. <laughs> I just want a Big Mac, mate. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we've ordered a few bits in. We've been trying to help a few local restaurants and, and what have you oh. keep afloat. They've been delivering instead of you know, sit in type stuff. Yeah. We had fish and um, chips tonight. Man came to the door of them. Oh, lovely. Very nice. Mm, yeah, very good. So there's, there's ways and means. It's not quite a McDonald's Big Mac, though, is it? No. Or a double sausage and egg. Oh. Oh man, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, for, did you see the post on Facebook the other day? I did, indeed. I saw your post. Well, we were we were supposed to have our one big weekend south. Oh, in fact, the uh, one big weekend north is as we're recording is this weekend coming. But as this episode goes out, will have just been. So our one big weekends over here have obviously not taken place. And I popped a post up on Facebook saying big shout out to the guys who would have been there. 
that we would have been seeing. And I was just curious to know, because you have a bit of a ritual, don't you, Andy, when we do an event over here? Yeah, it's a double sausage and egg McMuffin with an extra sausage, an extra bit of bacon, and then you shove the hash brown in it as well. Beautiful. So so is that not technically then a triple egg? Triple sausage, triple bacon sausage. and egg McMuffin. Yeah. So the big balls roll. Technically speaking. Well, apparently it's not the only way. Uh, you're not the only one who rolls that way because uh, a few of the guys who were due to join us on the day also shared their... <laughs> well, the, a McDonald's stop would have been on the cards. So it looks like uh, Mackie D's was the big loser on the day. They get the wooden spoon this time around. <laughs> yeah, we should send it to them. <laughs> sure they'd really appreciate it. <laughs> So, um, uh, as always, mate, I suppose I ought to ask the question, what, what have you been up to in the last two weeks since we last recorded? Uh, right, well, gaming-wise, um, what did we do? We had a game last week and the week before, trying out, I think I was trying out the God Catcher, because uh, I got me uh, water deep stuff through, and then I tried the Becky Lynch with the God Catcher last week. Um, Indeed. may hear more about those two cards later, uh, but... Um, they're not quite the plug-and-play things I'm hoping they were. Things you need a little bit more thought process involved in how to use them to get them to be most effective. Uh, but I'll be trying my best over the next 18 months or two years to master that. <laughs> I'm, I'm most certain you will. Well, if anyone's interested in seeing those games, they're, they're up on our YouTube channel, which the listeners can find where, Andy? That would be www.youtube forward slash the military of dice. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, so go and check it out. Um, we're, we're actually on. A, we're only thirteen subscribers away from one hundred and fifty. That's a big jump, isn't it? Nice. Yeah, good work, Absolutely. everyone. Well done. Yeah, well done. I tell you what, if uh, if you're out there and you're not currently subscribed uh, and you want to help us out, j- jump on over and hit the subscribe button. I- I'd love to see uh, one hundred and fifty on there. I'd love to see one thousand one hundred and fifty on there. Well, for sure, but I don't think there's 1,150 Dice Masters. <laughs> I'm sure there are somewhere. There's a few in Wilmslow. Oh, yeah, Wilmslow. So thanks for mentioning that. So we were looking over the stats. One of the, we've mentioned this before, but one of the things that's of constant fascination to us is all the different places all over the world that we're getting listened to. Uh, I often wonder if there's really players there or not. But I noticed that the town of Wilmslow, which is only about 20 minutes away from me, has had a big sur- sudden surge in listens. So if you are the listener or listeners in Wilmslow and you're playing Dice Masters, go over to, uh, I don't know, our Facebook site or head on over to the blog and hit contact us and get in touch with me um, because you, you're only 20 minutes away. <laughs> if, there's play- if there's players out there near me, I want to know. So yeah, that could be like a special episode of uh, Who Are Ya? And we could even put the theme tune in about now. Uh, what about now? No, no, no. About now. Yeah, we've not done who are you for a while, actually. No, no. Well, that's because it didn't work and no one really bothered about it. No, sure, but yeah, I saw I saw that little town 20 minutes down the road from me and thought, oh, man, that, that could be some new players who might be interested in coming down to join us at Element on a Tuesday, you know, if they drive or whatever. Or even, you know, maybe they're playing over there somewhere. And if they are, I want to know about it. So let us know. Also, do you know what? Just incidentally, if you are the, the one person in Bulgaria who listens to every episode religiously... <laughs> come and say hi. I'd love to. Yeah, come and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. you know, <laughs> who, who are you playing with? Where do you play? 
what's going on? Yeah, what, always just one single listener every episode in Bulgaria. Hello, Bulgaria. This is London calling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Euro got this got cancelled, didn't it? Eurovision. Oh uh, yeah, that was very sad. It's, it's terrible. I love Eurovision. I think I'm <laughs> pretty sure we had the same conversation last year, and it had a lot of Americans messaging going, "What is Eurovision?" How can they not know what Eurovision? Well, they know now, of course. Of course, you've, uh, educated, you've educated the them. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, other gaming other than Dice Masters, I'm playing a lot of Fortnite with my son. I go on the mobile app. He goes on the PlayStation. And uh, not to blow our own trumpet, but we're bloody good. Are you? Are you just on his clout though? Is he carrying you? A little bit. He is definitely better than me. <laughs> but I, I pulled my own weight. I don't think he'd play with me if I was uh, trash, as the uh, the kids say. Yeah, that's been fun. We get a win a night. I'll slowly make mm. my way up the uh, Fortnite Battle Pass at level 70. He's on like level 165 or something. But uh, uh, yeah, good fun. Good fun. Oh, I finished Apex as well. Finished both the um, limited time event and also the Battle Pass. So, uh, Oh, well, very good. Hours of video gaming in. How about to say, it sounds like you've been busy on the old PlayStation there. Yeah. Well, there's not really a lot else we can do these days, is it? No, true story. True story. Fair enough. That's about me. Anything else? No, I think that's, oh, okay. that's about it. How about you? Yeah. So, how about me? So, in terms of Dice Masters, obviously you've mentioned the games that we've played. Uh, I took part in the CR Game Room uh, Saturday event uh, last weekend. That was a good time. How did you get on? Uh, I came third. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, with a, a three and one record, tremendous matches. Actually, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it all night long. Um, so we, it was current modern, um, and the guys over at CR Game Room were very keen for it to be kind of competitive current modern. So I used it as an opportunity to. Well, uh, me and you had played that Boom Boom list. I played my Boom Boom list, yeah, didn't I, the other week? Quite brutal, that. Yeah, and I'm, I've always been a fan of it. I, I like my direct damage spam, uh, and that's the spammiest of the spam. So, and I didn't really want to do collector again one more time. That's just, even I've actually kind of got a bit tired of that now. So, uh, I've got my boom boom list out. Uh, it was a collector team that took me down. That was Steve over at DM Armada. Ooh. He won the first game. Uh, I recorded it and watched the video back. I was very disappointed with, with myself, actually. I didn't play it very well. But then uh, the subsequent games, I played Chaz. Hi, Chaz. And Rob, Mr. Petzafor, Mr. Truckerman himself, and Stu, Stuart, through the night. Um, and great games with all of them. And all lovely guys to just hang out with and spend a couple hours with um, on on Google Hangouts. So that was a good time. And congrats to Ben, who took the top spot. Shock. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a reason why he's the world champ. Uh, and then, uh, speaking of Ben, I had a few games with Ben the other night. Uh, just trying out a few. He was... Team testing. I think he's team testing for the two-team takedown that's coming up, but I'm not sure. I didn't really ask, but he wanted to play New Modern, and I'm tinkering with a few New Modern teams. So I had a few games with Ben. And uh, as far as non-Dice Masters gaming goes, I've played quite a few bits with the kids. We've had Beastie Bar out. We've had the Funkoverse, the Batman set out. What else? Loads of stuff with the kids, actually. Takenoko the other day. I feel like we've played something else, but I can't remember what. Oh, po- uh, Pokemon. Pokemon TCG. Wow. Loads of games going on in your house. Yeah, I'm kind of not into the Pokemon TCG, actually. You're not? I thought you liked it. No. Well, I kind of play it because they like it, but the more we play it, I'm kind of... I think because we're playing the set decks, there's like a depth to it that, that's not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, obviously, I get I get that fixed from my Dice Masters. I'm wondering if it was constructed decks that we were playing. Maybe I'd feel a bit differently, but because they're not old enough to start building their own decks yet. So there you go. 
that's that's my gaming life over the last two weeks. Oh, and Apex. Speaking of Apex, uh, I had a little spurt on that. I've I've completed the limited time Bloodhound thing. Thank you very much. And uh, I've closed the gap. I've caught up. I took two weeks off, so I'm up to level seventy one now. Oh, nice. You've not got long to go though. No, I haven't. I don't think I'm going to make it to be honest, but that's fine. Um, you know. Um, I had a little period where I got a bit bored with it, so I have to put it down and walk away, and then come back to it when I feel more more inclined. So, if that's the price I pay, that's the price I pay. Yeah, yeah, I've I've done that now. Just where I've done it all. Little break, get ready for the new season. Yeah, jump over to your fortnight for a bit with your lad. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I, I had a bit of correspondence actually between last episode and now. Have you? Uh, Arge from over at the Rolling Thunder got in touch. Oh, hi, Arge. Down, 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 down. Do you know that? His doorbell is. If you ring his doorbell, oh, in his uh, sure, his uh, Malibu mansion. Down, 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 down. Yeah, and. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I only ever go and ring that doorbell when he's out. Yeah, if, if he's in, he answers the door with a whip and he goes, Whoosh. how can I help <laughs> you? Does. Nice delivery room. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Doesn't even know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arj was in touch. He enjoyed our conversation about the move from LCG to Blind Product again that we talked about in the last episode and he just kind of wanted to pitch in with his with the west coast perspective and he was just kind of saying that hang on i'm on the wrong bit of the message we chatted for a while actually but in fact arg is for argiana as in argiana jones but i got nothing for that one i got nothing on that one because <laughs> of the whip so it is because of the whip and the hat yeah yeah, yeah i get it <laughs> Well, anyway, he said that uh, he and his kind of play group over in, on the West Coast enjoyed the the kind of the chase. So they're really quite excited. They're sort of opposite to, I suppose, some of our view that we put across. But more importantly, the fact that they can draft again is super attractive to those guys out in LA. And that's what kind of kept things going or will keep things going for them. Uh, he describes it as keeps the game alive. And it was actually non-blind, so the, the opposite experience to what we've had here in the UK. It was the non-blind product that started to give the lower turnout of players. And so the fact that drafts back coming back on the horizon is a good thing for him. I just thought it was interesting, you know, to have that kind of opposite view, that balanced view to what we were talking about and kind of the position we took where we're actually a little bit sad to see the end of LCG. We thought it was a good thing for our player base here in the UK. It brought a few new players back to, to the fold, brought new players in, and we're kind of sad to see the end of that. Arj was kind of saying, well, you know, just to give you the, the other side of the view. So thanks, Arj, for getting in touch and, and giving that balance. Thank you very much. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? It's like, yeah. I, I suppose it just goes on what, what focus someone has when playing. I guess it's like more of a, a kind of it's a one shot thing, isn't it? You turn up, you get your cards, you play, and then you're done. And then maybe you go off and do a duff, different game or do something else. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so there you go. Just wanted to bring that up. Uh, and then another thing, I, I don't know if uh, regular listeners might remember a couple of episodes back, Nick, one of our listeners over in Australia, got in touch and he was asking for some advice or some guidance with regards to cube drafting with his family. I was just thinking about him the other day because I thought, well, no, nobody kind of came out of the woodwork with any uh, suggestions for Nick. So I just wanted to give another call out there, really. I, I suspect now more than ever, he may be looking for some cube <laughs> drafting solutions. So uh, just a quick reminder, folks, that we are on the lookout for ways a family can cube draft using maybe commons or uncommons or uh, any suggestions as how that could be put together. 
will it could it be constructed by cost could it be constructed by a theme you know what's what's a, some good approaches that people out there may have tried or be aware of that we can get on over to nick so if you have got any suggestions please do get in touch with us and we'll make sure nick sees those very nice yeah that was it on that one uh, and i don't think i've got anything else in terms of sort of general announcements of what, oh yes i have so one big weekend in the absence of the face-to-face events arge and the rest of the obw committee are looking to hold a one-day online event called obw 2 i thought it was weekend a council online are we a council not a committee that's what i thought well we're both really well we, we have a smaller committee that organizes the council Oof. okay fine but but we're certainly not as as lofty and exciting as the Federation of Elite Elite Dice Masters players. That is true. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, your, well, it is it, it is to the ground for uh, the other one big weekend coming soon from the Federation of Elite Dice Masters players. Yes, certainly. We'll all look forward to that. But the date we're looking at is the sixteenth of May. We're kind of interested to get a sense or of expressions of interest and what the numbers might look like for the event so if you head on over to rg's rolling thunder post on the dm unlimited facebook page in fact i'll ask him to repost it on monday maybe so that it uh, gets a bit of a bump please do go and fill out the little questionnaire there that r just popped up to give us a sense of how many people they're going to be with then uh, finals to take place between the two brackets at a later date so uh, yeah, please do dig that out and fill in that little form for us all uh, so that we can get that organized. Uh, but it's likely going to be a kind of daytime thing rather than an evening thing if we're able to split the two time zones to have an event of their own. That'd be fun. See you there. Yes, indeed it will be, yeah. So 16th of May. Um, pencil it in your calendars, folks. Well, in case they're out. Well, in case they need to accrue some spousal points. Ah, all right. You know, oh, if, they need, if they need to uh, convince... They're better halves to pick up the slack with kiddie care or car washing or gardening or something. Fair enough. Meal preparation, etc., etc. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, that, that's all the kind of random announcement-y bits. I don't know. Is there anything else? No, I think we've more than covered Nothing that. Around. Yeah. We've not had any spoilers or any juicy info, have we? No, no. Jimmy, pull your finger out. Yeah, man. Give us something Let's to get this online. At. Let's get this online play supported or teasers with some more more new cards or something. No, actually, I'm not sure I would want to see new cards just yet. Why not? Because I think I would find it frustrating in light of the current pandemic situation and quarantine that the, the, the fact that, I mean, WizKids aren't great for getting stuff out on time in the first place, but the fact they'll be even further delayed, I think seeing the spoilers would start to tease me too early. Oh, uh, okay. Do you know That's what I mean? Print and play set. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that could be. Yeah, do a little print and play expansion, Jimmy. Oh, in fact, I'll message him in a minute and say we've got an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that paper. You could do a con- do, do like a content creators set team pack. DM North versus MOD. I oh, mind you, there's like hundred of them. Yeah, but we got skills, isn't it? The skills, mad skills, bro. Yeah, that'd be like Becky Lynch and the Godcatcher against Kate Bishop and Fixen. Yeah, the sad, the sad truth there though is that the listeners are, will probably equate me and you to Kate Bishop and Vixen. <laughs> nah, UK Dice Masters National Champion 2017 and the true world champion 
2019. <laughs> Epic. Epic. Epic skills. <laughs> right, let's tell the listeners what we've got coming up for the rest of this episode then, shall we? It's a very good idea. Okay then, so uh, our next segment is going to be a comparison. We're going to a classic MOD versus battle segment. We've had two sets come out very close together, the WWE and the D&D Troubling Waterdeep and their associated team packs. So we're going to do a face-off between the two. If you're a new player or you're on a budget and trying to make a decision as to which one to go to first, then hopefully our conversation on them two will help you out. And then we've got a Q branch segment. Andy's been back in his little quiz shed and has prepared the first part of a return of the Global Reverse Galation. I'm really excited. Rotation edition. <laughs> Rotation edition. You're like Trivial Pursuit as different editions. Yeah, for sure, man. So, and this will be a double-hander, won't it? We're, we're going to um, do the... I've, I've often oh, been described ooh, uh, as a double-hander. Come on, matron. <laughs> it, yes we will record your um, attempts this episode and then return next episode to see how you get on yes very good and um, with that i should make uh, a complete episode and we'll wrap it up there so i think without any further ado should we crack on let's crack on all right then, double hand segment Yes, welcome back then, folks. And so just as I've said in the intro there, this segment now is all about an MOD versus battle. And we're going to pitch the WWE campaign box and its two associated team packs against the Troubling Waterdeep campaign box and its two associated team packs. So we've had two sets come out close together. Uh, and as I've just said, if you're on a budget or a new player trying to make decisions about which one to go for, we like to do these kind of versus battles every now and again. And so uh, Andy has developed some criteria to compare them against. We're going to have a bit of a conversation around those criteria and hopefully give you guys a bit of a sense as to which one may be better suited for you or maybe the one you want to go for first. Indeed. So, should we get straight into it? Yeah, let's get straight into it. So, Mr. England, the first criteria you asked us to consider when comparing these two was... Two costs. Two costs, that's right. So it stood out to Mr. England here that both the sets seem to have a very interesting selection of low-cost characters. They do, especially two costs. There are some bangers, some absolute bangers. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree, and I think many would. So, should, which should we start with? Should we start with D and D? Right. I have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bangers of two cost cards. Oh my word! Okay, well, in the interest of recording time, let's let's get straight into it then. So, what what's your first two cost? The first one uh, is the. Super Meta Giza. Yeah, this is the intimidating geezer, isn't it? Yeah, the intimidation one. Unless it's got, was it? I guess it's got experience on it, or one experience token on it. Uh, one or less experience tokens. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, the evil familiar is the subtitle. Um, considering you're very unlikely to see an experience token, certainly in kind of modern constructed or kind of a tournament, it's super super strong. It's two cost, and it's going to you field it. You take something away that's controlling your side for your turn so you can do whatever you want and then you try and knock it out so you can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to see loads of the of the geezer, the geezer um, ongoing. So I think that's a fair shout. What's next on your list? Next on the list is the two-cost grail <clears throat> with Deadly. Oh, yeah, you like the deadly one. So um, I, I'm going to pitch in here and say, I actually, there's a second grill that I like. I like the one that, when it's KO'd, lets you draw two dice from your bag and then pop one in your prep and one in your use pile. I love the kind of rampant churn on that guy. And that's a two-cost, too. Yeah, uh, for the abilities, 
being a two cost is crazy good. Yes, yeah, and very low in terms of fielding cost as well. Uh, those grails, it's not one one across the board. I've been I've been playing with it recently in that um, that jubilee list as a as my kind of refieldable bolt um, that I like. So uh, yeah, I'd, I absolutely entirely agree, and I'm sure many listeners would too. Um, so that's that's three cards already in the troubling water deep that makes it a juicy set to pick up. Yeah, I just the idea of having a two cost. Check it out. Someone's going to attack with something big. You put the grill in front of it; it's gone. Doesn't matter if it's got defensive two or defensive twenty. It's um, <clears throat> cracking. Yeah, entirely agree. Absolutely. What's next on your list? Um, I've got cloak of elvenkind, which I was surprised. Oh, really? Two cost. Uh, I'm surprised it's on your list. It's good. It's not kind of top top tier, but it's certainly one to take note. I think one will get used. Yeah. Well, so. This is the uh, is, is an equipped basic action. It gives a character infiltrate, or if the character already has infiltrate, it increases their infiltrate damage by an additional one, doesn't it? Yeah, and I can see the point that infiltrate is probably going to take a hit in about a week's time when May hits and rotation comes into effect. But I still thought it was good. I still thought it was definitely belonged on the list of notable mentions for good two-cost cards. Yeah, and there's lots of infiltrate characters in set. So even though in the wider context, you might say, well, has it got a place in the, in the larger constructed meta? If you were just you know, kitchen, t- kitchen table playing or doing D&D versus D&D or something, it, I could definitely see it having playability. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it, yeah. I just see it's quite situational, which is why I was surprised you had it on the list. Uh, next one I've got is the two-cost Godcatcher defensey one. Yeah, entirely agree. Um, so it's a trap that triggers when your opponent attacks with a, a character of seven attack or more, which then gets you the 10-10 Godcatcher token. Well, as you well know, I've been playing with this one quite a bit lately uh, because I'm using it as my anti-Godcatcher tech. I actually think it's better than the three cost. Yeah, annoyingly, I'd have to agree with you. You're still getting the 10-10 <laughs> yeah. token, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but without the, uh, I believe, the force block in some circumstances can be a bit of a disadvantage whereas this one comes without the force block. And to give you an example, the other day, uh, Andy and I were playing... Oh, in fact, I think we might have recorded this one. So if you go and have a look through our recent YouTube, I think one of our MOD gameplay posts includes the match I'm about to mention, but you were... Was it your Becky Lynch? I think you were playing your Becky Lynch, weren't you? You had a WWE list, and you had... Who's the guy with the force attack? Seth Rollins. Oh, I can't remember. Maybe. Well, we need to remember, we need to talk about him a bit later on in the segment, but um, you had the force attack on, so I was forcing your Becky Lynch to attack me in order to get my Godcatcher token out. 10-10, blocked the Becky Lynch, killed her off. I think we were still playing in current modern, so I had a, a Wenfielded Cancellor as well, so it all, all went very well, but I actually think that, yep, yeah, I entirely agree is basically what I'm saying, long and the short of it. I think using it as a defensive measure is actually a lot better than using it as an offensive measure, and then sets you up to use it offensively next turn. Yeah, crazy good. Another one which is super good, Yawning Portal. Yeah, is it? Well, I'll admit I've not really played around with it much, but I've seen it used. Again, I think it deserves to be on there. It's definitely a card that's going to get used. So I've seen the Adventurous Clientele being used a little bit recently. It was knocking around in the CR Game Room Saturday event. This is the one that preps you a die when you field a non-sidekick character, as opposed to the one that makes purchase discounts purchase when you feel the character it still has the free to field but doesn't do the kind of big entrance thing that adds the dice to your bag and then you've got the comfortable in which is the one i think that was eye-catching to begin with which is the one that makes them free to field and then when you feel the character die it reduces the cost of a purchase by one 
and you can put it in your bag. And I actually think the one that preps you the die is better than the the big entrancey style one. I don't know. I feel I need to have a play around with it. In, in any case, though, in terms of the theme of this segment and about saying, well, which one's got more out of the box playability and which one's kind of, you know, is it offering something in terms of the purchase value? Having those two yawning portals as playable cards that you can have a mess around with are definitely ticks in the boxes, whether I think they're competitive or not, aren't they? Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, yeah. And then the last is two, which is two versions of the fish do, the Kuo Toa. The Swarmy Fists for a two-cost. Uh, sure. I think one gig, one's one got um, Infiltrate as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, Obscure and Infiltrate, no less. Yeah, it's a super good. <clears throat> so, yeah, so you can make him unblockable and use that Infiltrate. Uh, a nice character to potentially pop your Cloak of Elven kind on. To do an extra damage, there you go. And they're all for two-costs, so you could have a whole team there at two-costs. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, I'd like to throw one in the mix, if I may. Please do. So, Isrid Horn. When fielded, move target energy die in your opponent's reserve pool to their use pile. So if you're looking to do a beat stick manoeuvre, she's a great static field global cancellor. Yeah. Or a wallop global cancellor. But is she as good as... And then let's flip over to WWE. Well, yeah, absolutely. So on that side, let's get started with the direct comparison with Istrid Horn then, shall we? And we are looking at... Eddie Guerrero. And I think it's... Eddie Guerrero, isn't it? That's right, I steal, yeah. So Eddie Guerrero says, when Eddie Guerrero attacks, move all energy dice from your opponent's reserve pool to their use pile. So by the same means as I'm saying, Istrid Horn is your solution. Uh, so to kind of take it, take a step back, yeah, you've got your attacker, you're looking across the field, you know your opponent has got a pushback global like Static Field or promo Kate Bishop, um, where they, you can pay a mask and take an attacker uh, back to the field zone. Both Istrid Horn and Eddie, Eddie Guerrero are solutions for saying, well, save that mask if you like, I'm going to get rid of it. A couple of distinctions between the two of them. Istrid Horn only moves one energy, but she does it when she's fielded, so it's in your main step that it takes place. Eddie Guerrero moves all the dice they've saved, all the energy they've saved, but he does it when he attacks. Yeah, I think it's pros and cons to both. Being able to move one before your opponent's even allowed to contemplate doing a global is strong. But then if they get yep. two energy, then it's you know they can still pull it off, although they've wasted an energy to do it. Whereas Eddie Guerrero gives them op- op- the opportunity to do globals in the main step, but you're going to get rid of everything, so yours is going through. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of an example. I think force attack would be something that your Istridge horn would be able to stop, yeah. whereas Eddie Guerrero can't. But then if you've got Eddie Guerrero, you're probably going to fly in with everything anyway, so you're not that bothered if they force you to attack or not. Yeah, sure, but they might have some means of pinging him out in your go, like a wand global or something. Yeah. He's only got one two two defense across his three levels, so they might say, well, I'll take the two life lost to ping him twice with a magic wand, as opposed to the eight-point hit I'm going to get from the Becky Lynch that I can't static field back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, pros and cons to them both. Uh, and, of course, uh, Eddie Guerrero, if if you are using him to stop a static field, you could use that very static field to put him back in your own field ready for <laughs> next turn. Yeah. But I don't know if... Yeah, and I'm thinking Wallop Global, that's that's one that's been getting talked about a lot as cancelling damage, you know, so, that, so there's definitely stuff around. Uh, so Eddie Guerrero's on the list. Uh, I've also been using 
Bobby Heenan, the weasel, quite a bit lately. Yes, you have, the little brain dice. Absolutely, yeah. When fielded until the end of the turn, for each die your opponent assigns to block, they lose one life per Bobby Heenan die fielded this turn. So that can soon catch up with your opponent. You field him, you attack with something. I've been using it with the fetid bloat drone, which forces people to, to block. Uh, he's also got deadly, so they start to lose life for every blocker that they have to allocate to him. It's a bit tricky because I've noticed people... Uh, I played m- my... Bobby Heenan listing against Ben the other night, and he just kept his field empty, which was frustrating. But again, in terms of the uh, the parameters of what we're looking to achieve with this segment, it, it's certainly it's something you could build a team around. It's something you can play around with. It's a great cheap two cost that you can get involved with and get in the mix with very, very quickly. And equally, Bobby Heenan's got the brain as well, which says when fielded, target level three superstar die can't be blocked. And there's tons of spin-up opportunities. So there's two Bobby Heenans there that I think out of the box you could get something built around. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is a cool card. And the last character that I've got, which I think there's more than one versions which are definitely usable, is the Sasha Banks. Yeah, I thought you might bring her up. I think we, we yeah, featured I'm- one, didn't we, on a pick of the week? The we did. Discount. That's right. And I've I've been using the one that discounts fielding costs as well. So there's, there's two Sasha Banks, I think, of note. There's one that makes, when she's fielded, she makes your purchases that, that turn, your character purchases that turn one less, uh, two less, sorry, which I think is super powerful if you, if you know, if you get your bag management right and time it just when you need it to happen. But then the other one that I've been using a little bit more is the one that reduces your character's fielding costs by one which I've been find, finding super helpful as well. Yeah, I, I like the fact that it's just not its not dependent on an affiliation. Everything similar that we've had in the past seems to have been dependent on a you know, a Justice League affiliation or uh, X-Men affiliation. This one is just like any of your characters sort of yes. fits into a, uh, a, a team quite easily. Yeah, I agree. So there you go. There's our two-cost selection. And I think it would be fair to say in terms of variety and opportunity – I think we've got to give this one to the D&D guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, the WWE 2 costs, there are some strong ones in there, but we spent ages listing through all those ones which are cool. Some of them are very strong. Some of them ones you want to play around with. So, yep, D&D for me. Yeah, very good. Okay, so what's what's next on the list, my man? What's our next comparison point? Comparison point I've got is Globals. Yeah, Globals, okay. Shall I get us out of the gate with this one? Yes, please. <laughs> yes please okay yeah so uh what, what would you like me to start with wwe or the uh D stuff let's start with D again yeah so uh D, uh, i actually broadly speaking thinks quite weak in this space i'm just going to get it out there up front there's there's definitely some interesting stuff in there but i, I just don't know if it's as eye-catching or as broadly useful certainly one that i've found myself taking a closer look at it, well, there's two actually, but one that I've taken a closer look look at more recently is Nihilor, which is the KO Global. Pay a mask once per turn, you may KO a character die you control. Um, in fact, I did a, a YouTube video just all on the subject of using Nihilor to KO your own stuff. So uh, I think it's just a super useful uh, global to have sitting in your in your arsenal in your toolkit. Uh, you've certainly got game texts that are initiated by your characters getting KO'd, so that's certainly useful. But you may also have things that you want to refield because they've got when fielded effects. So because it's once per turn, you can KO it in your opponent's go and then refield it in your go to get the benefit of the game text. So I think Nihilor is definitely one that stands out to me as a, a global of note. Cool. I really like Xanthar. Xanathar, Zat, yeah. Xanax, whatever it is. 
Xanathar. Yeah, so there's only one of them that's got the global. It's the paranoid tyrant. Tyrant. Yeah. Again, again, I've played with it recently. Um, I, I, I don't like this one. I've got a reason why. But uh, the global is uh, you pay a generic, and uh, once per turn you can prep a, a sidekick from your use pile, can't you? You can. I've very much enjoyed using your Xanathar global. <laughs> yeah, that's entirely the reason why I'm not into that one. So whereas like Nihilor, if I've built my team to take advantage of the KO of my own stuff, and you may not have done, I'm getting more use out of the global than you by popping it on. What, what I was finding when I was playing Andy with my Xanathar, because it was a generic energy and it was a, a prep of a sidekick, which is super useful for bag management and ramp, Andy was able to make just as much, if not more use out of it than I was sometimes. And I was just finding that very frustrating. It's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah. Uh, however, going going back to the heart of what this segment's all about, certainly if you want stuff to play around with uh, and you're looking for a rampy global to help you out, then, you know, D&D's got one. Well, in fact, it's got two because the next one I'd like to put on the list is the Intellect Devourer, Deadly Puppet Master. Very cool. Yeah, so this one is, um, well, it's a uh, an energy fixer. You can move a sidekick or an NPC, as they call it in D&D language, to any energy face. So you have to field it. Uh, but then once you've fielded it, you can roll it back to any face you want. You, you like to use energy fixtures as a ramp solution, don't you? Field all your sidekicks and then chain, get them as and when you need them. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, if you're getting, going for that five cost, you know, one way is to prep a dice, you know, the turn before. Uh, if you've got a sidekick, chuck a sidekick out in the field. The next turn, you can turn it into whatever energy you want and hit that five cost pretty much consistently because you're going to get the energy that you need. Yeah, whereas uh, uh, one of the things I like about the Intellect Devourer is I was playing it on a very Bolt-centric team, so it just meant I could guarantee a Bolt when I needed one. You know, it was more about the fact that you could fix it to energy, any energy face. You know, there's nothing worse than that roll, and you're looking for Bolts, and you just roll everything but. Yeah, it's definitely one to play around with. There are some good different kind of utility ways that you can make use of having a Psychic in the field and then changing it into the energy of your choice uh, in the global windows available. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, once again, as far as the global goes, because it doesn't cost anything, I, I just feel like it's handing a little bit too much of an advantage over to your uh, opponent. Mm, it sort of depends on what, what, how it fits into your plan. Well, yes, yeah. You know. Do you know what is rubbish? What is rubbish? Wand global. I don't know. Well, it's a trade-off, isn't it, one global? Yeah, but it's like magic missile, it's... Cack magic missile. Well, yeah, sure, but just, uh, as I said before, I I would lose say two life to shoot one or two life to shoot an Eddie Guerrero out the field in in the main step, knowing that it was stopping uh, an unblockable beastie coming down the field and smacking me for one. Yeah, I know, but when you've had magic missile for so long, I mean, we've had magic missile for what four years. Five years? Um, well, yeah, true. And unstable canister, which did yeah. you know, inherently the same thing. Yeah, I mean, but I suppose that's about creating balance. When you look at the way that Magic Missile has been used with uh, Nova and Iceman in the past. Yeah, I know, but still. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I can't, you know, I just you got to let it go, dude. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> right, well, on to w- WWE for uh, their global contribution to the game. And I think there's loads going on here. Do you want to take it or shall I? Um, the one that I'd like to mention, which I don't know if it is any good or not, and it's probably not very high tiered, but I'm really keen to, to try it, is the Ric Flair Pay for Energy Target Superstar Targets Plus 4 Attack. I've not tried it out yet or put it on the table, but I quite like that. 
Yeah, I saw an interesting build using him from Laurier. He, where he was pairing it up with the Xanathar that has Spark to use a global for free. Oh, okay. So he was rolling his dice in on a burst face, initiating the Xanathar game text to use the Ric Flair global on his, I think it was an unblockable attacker he was using, or maybe an overcrusher. I can't remember the, the precise team. But yeah, so yeah, that's definitely an interesting one. Uh, and again, you know, by the parameters of this segment, to repeat myself, it's... It, is something straight out of the box you can start messing around with. There's some pretty obvious ones in WWE, I think, that are kind of staple globals that are making a return or some version of a staple global making a return. So you've got the Booker T ringside announcer basic action card that's got a force block global. Pay a shield and target character has to block that turn if able, which is pretty classic and old school. Yeah, that's very cool. You've, of course, got Becky Lynch's uh, return of the Rip Hunters shortboard prep global. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, so you can pay a shield, and the first dice that you purchase that turn can go straight to your prep area instead of your use pile, which is can be super effective. And slightly nerfed version of Blue Eyes. Yeah, so that's the rock there where you can pay a mask. Uh, it's nerfed because it's a sacrifice. You can pay a mask, sacrifice a, a superstar die, and get a reduction of two on your next dice purchase. Uh, which can be super, super handy as well. You've also got Walk with Elias, which has got the HXG global on it. So some super useful kind of rampy stuff going on in the WWE set. Yeah, and uh, Scott Hall that we mentioned in the... It wasn't um, whoever you said. Seth Rollins. Seth it was Rollins. Scott, Scott Hall, Hall yeah. which is the Paybolt target superstar must attack this turn. So a force attack and a force block. And then we've got a pretty janky global in the mix, which is proving to be popular and eye-catching. It's the Jerry Lawler ringside announcer. And his global is pay a fist and target blocked or blocking character deals double damage, use this ability once per turn. Get your overcrush on um, that. Yeah, absolutely. I saw uh, James using that over at Dice Masters with James and Zach. He was using it with the, the you know that big fat Thanos. Oh, yeah. That massive one, he was using it with him to do a full-on one-turn 20-point kill by slapping that global and then doubling the, the damage on, on Thanos, which is frightening. That's super cool. So, uh, I mean, there's loads of globals, but they're, they're the highlights, I think, when it comes to WWE. So uh, at this juncture now, I think we're going to have to say that WWE wins round two. Do you? Yeah, you don't, you don't think? I don't know. Well, you've got... Yeah, I suppose... I don't know. I like Intellect of Aura. I think that's super strong. Yeah, go on then. WWE's got it. It's got more. They yeah. are still really good. Yeah, uh, you got a force block, force attack, uh, a damage doubler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you got ramp. If you if you were making a decision between the two boxes to buy and thinking about what would help me out most in team builds, I mean, Nihilor is a very attractive global, but I think WWE's got it surely. Yeah, WWE it is. It's one all, folks. One all, yeah. Okay, uh, and then I think we have a third and final round, uh, the decider. Have we? Well, we, yes, we have we on do. Kingpin. Um, <laughs> beat sticks. Oh, beat sticks, all right. Beat you can sticks. take the lead on this one. So basically yeah. what's better, the God Catcher three cost, when you use a action dice, spam a 10-10 token into your field zone, uh, or Becky Lynch, which is the Chalkboard Global Overcrusher on a five cost with an 8-8 on the top end and uh, also chuck in some Storm when fielded 
re-rolly direct damage. Well, I think fundamentally that your description there in its own right has provided the answer, has it not? I don't know. Well, a three cost that creates a 10-10 damage token. Now, I've, I've, I've strongly admit, and I don't think that I've seen it yet, it's been used properly. Uh, and I think that there's a Bard-esque style build that someone's going to come out with, which just sees someone hemorrhaging tokens um, over the table uh, and causing nothing but mischief. <laughs> but I've not seen it yet, and I've not been able to do it yet. Whereas Becky Lynch is five, so there's two more to buy, but it does incorporate a hell of a lot of goodness in one package. Well, yeah. I mean, she just comes with so much more added value, doesn't she? Even if you didn't buy her, you've still got chalkboard. And rarely did people buy chalkboard, and they still had it on a lot of teams. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Uh, But, you know, I don't think it does just come down to Becky Lynch and Godcatcher. I mean, if we're asking the question of which one's going to give you more characters to have a good old, you know, have a scrap with... I think WWE would take the lead over D&D if you were to look at... Well, I don't know, actually. Would you Would you consider... Here's a question for you. Mm. Uh, I, I know we're pretty kingpin on this segment, but would you consider things like the Drow Mercenary a bit beat-sticky? It's certainly got sticky beat bits to it. <laughs> well, it's, it's a five on the top end. Is it five or four on its level three? Four. Four. But then it's unblockable when you use an, uh, an action. That's right, yeah. So it was three, four, four, and it's got obscure, the keyword obscure, which, yeah, like you say, makes it unblockable when, when you use an action. So, I mean, I know it's not big stats, but the fact that it's an unblockable attack of four. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I class anything with higher than five attack as a bit beat sticky. Okay, sure. So yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, it's always really uh, disappointing when you see a five cost or like, well, sorry, a, a, a dice with a five attack as its top uh, with overcrush because you're like, mm, mm. Mm, yeah, defense stats are not hard to find to kind of slow that down, is there? So, yeah. So uh, Becky Lynch or Godcatcher? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Uh, and then in the bigger picture, I think there's much more going on in WWE in general that will give you characters for a good old rumble. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended, I suppose. Uh, and some of the more mid-level characters or mid-sized characters are pretty hefty. All got a lot going on for their cost in terms of stats. So I, th- I think if you if you were looking for, again, you know, if you were looking and going, well, do I buy D&D? Do I buy WWE? WWE definitely offers you a lot more in terms of, right, let's let's have a rock. Let's have a fight. Let's let's use the attack step as much as it pains me. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, aesthetically, D and D hands down. It's even got nicer cardstock when you take it out of the box. Yeah, I entirely agree. And also, I think there's one final point there. Uh, so I think WWE is kind of two one here, isn't it? And he's going to take the win. Yeah. But uh, one final point I want to add is that uh, one particularly lovely thing about both these sets is that they have a strong inset synergy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got a lot of kind of themey stuff. The globals support the cards that come in set very well. And uh, even though we've kind of given WWE the win by our three criteria today, I think if you were a casual player, you could certainly do a lot with both. Yeah, both good buys. I was pretty chuffed with uh, the contents of both. 
Anyway, yeah, we're totally kingpin on this segment, yeah. so uh, I'm going to wrap that one up there. But uh, hopefully for some of you out there, just throwing a few cards out there and doing that comparison, if you've not already picked up the sets, we'll, we'll help you make a decision as to which one to go to first. We'd love to hear from you guys which set do you lean more towards and why? What are the standouts? What's the criteria that you look at the set? to decide by we've obviously talked about three criteria that we've established but you might have um might be looking for different things um so let us know go to britroller6.com scroll to the bottom and hit the contact us and send us a note or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the ministry of dice and send us an instant message and let us know awesome stuff okay brill uh on to the next segment then Yes, welcome back, folks. And this segment now marks the return of the Global Reverse Galation segment. Woo! Woo! I think possibly one of our most popular features that we've ever done. It's a Q-Brand segment, so Andy's been tinkering away in his little quiz shed. So I'm going to step back now and hand over to the Quizmaster Extraordinaire. What have you got for me today, Mr. England? Yeah, it's, as Chris said, it's the return of Global Reverse Galation, the world-renowned quiz that uh, has taken the, the the whole planet by storm. It went down well last time. We thought we'd give it another shot for the rotation edition. Uh, so I have got five cards which have been lovingly reversed. All cards which would be new, modern, legal. I'm going to okay. get you to play them. Try yep. and repeat the sounds you hear. And then next episode, we'll flip them back and see how well you did. And see how close I am to the actual card titles, yeah. We would encourage listeners to play along we in fact welcome you to play along if you want to record yourself having a little go in your own right and send it over to us uh, we'd love that Uh, we had some submissions from listeners last time if you want to pit yourself against me and see which of us can get the more accurate forward speaky version yeah last time i did trick everyone into saying that andy england is the greatest dice masters player ever you did, yes. I, uh, this is just five legitimate card titles this time, is it, presumably? It is, it is. I don't need to trick people to say it because uh, everyone already knows it. <laughs> Your best days are behind you, mate. <laughs> best days behind you. <laughs> okay, then, so uh, so I need to just, what, play the uh, the one mark number one in this folder here? Uh, yeah, G, uh, GV1, then number two, then number three, and then shockingly number four and number five. Wow, okay, here we go then. So play it and then repeat it. Yes, please. Let me just take my headphones off uh, and move my hair off my ears so I can hear it. Okay, here we go. Move your hair from your ears. Oh, hang on, I'm going to have to hear that again. Right, okay. How was that one? That could have worked out quite well, actually. Well done. Yeah, okay, here we go then. Uh, so shall I just rock on to number two? Yeah, let's hit number two. Okay, here we are then. What? Oh, I'm going to have to go for a third one on that one. Alright, okay. <laughs> Hang on, let me, let me, have, let me have another. Let me have another crack at that one. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, one thing I've not mentioned in the intro a couple of weeks back, I, I actually guested on the CR Game Room live stream. Oh, did you? Yes. Where, where was I? And you, you were in bed sleeping, my good man. I was a sleepy boy. It, 
Yeah, it was the it was the dead of night over here. But uh, Chris mentioned something and I, about looking a fool. And I said, mate, I don't need any help looking a fool. <laughs> and for some reason, I was just momentarily reminded of that. I don't know I don't, why. Don't know why? <laughs> like wiping the spit off your monitor. Yeah. <laughs> right then, on to, I'm on to number three here now, am I? Yeah. Three? Number three. I've done two so far. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We are arrogant. Right, okay. Another time for me. We are arrogant. We are arrogant. These are hard. These are really, these are, These definitely feel harder than the last one. I'm just basically making noises this time round. <laughs> It's like rolling thunder. <laughs> <laughs> right then, here we go. Rocking on. Number four. Everyone ready? Hey, Lemma V. How's it? Blimey. Okay, one more time. Hey, Lemma V. How's it? I Lemma V. Is it? I can't remember what they are now. I don't know if it's any good or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, and the fifth and final one. Here we go. That's Nicole Oh, that's a long one. What are you doing getting picking such a long one? Right, one more time. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do a third one on that one. Okay, here we go. No, that's, that was rubbish. That was awful. Hang on, one more. I don't, I don't, there we go. I don't know. That's, I've just gone for it. I've just jumped in two feet. I don't believe any of them will be particularly accurate whatsoever. I don't know. We were quite surprised from them last time, didn't we? Uh, well, for, from the other submissions, from listener submissions, I don't think mine were any good at all. Except for maybe. Parallax, sort of terror. <laughs> <laughs> Parallax. <laughs> Parallax. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So right there we go. Uh, global reverscalation. So what's going to happen now? Remind me. You're going to take those away, spin them back round, and then in our next episode, play them back to me, and we'll see how close I am to the actual card title. Yeah. Yeah. And any submissions um, we got, we can fill in there as well. Yes, absolutely. So just hold your phone up to your mouth, guys, and just have a have a little crack at that. I'll tell you what I might do uh, after Monday. I might just throw those little snippets up on Facebook intermittently throughout the throughout the week. Cool. So that you've got them uh, independent of the entire episode to have a go at if anyone does want to have a go. And then drop me a note. Uh, again, go to com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact us or instant message us through facebook.com forward slash the ministry of dice and i'll have a chat with you about ways you can get it over to us or you can even email it to us now you can at chris at the ministry of dice.com or andy at the ministry of dice.com hey folks it's future chris here just jumping in to make a quick correction there starting to feel like I can't get through an episode lately without having to correct myself, but the email addresses that we've just quoted are incorrect. Those are not our email addresses. Our email addresses are, in fact, andy at britroller6.com and chris at britroller6.com. Our email addresses are attached to our webpage, not to our podcast name. So please don't email those addresses. They won't get seen. Send them to chris at BritRoller6.com or Andy at BritRoller6.com. Thanks very much. I'll send you back to past Chris and Andy now. Bye. 
Yes, uh, so you can email those over. Uh, but sometimes people make them too big and we have to do wee transfers and things. So uh, get in touch and we'll figure that out if you're interested in making a submission. All right, bro. Uh, is there anything else we need to do on that that bit there or is that all the groundwork done? I think I think we've done enough. All right, fair enough. Well, let's uh, move on to the outro then, shall we? Let's do it. Well, there we go then, folks. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Ministry of Dice. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. I don't. Is there anything, any like little last-minute reminders or bits and bats that are required here in our um, re- in our leaving words? Reiterate from the intro. If you do know anything about cube drafting, please do share so that we can pass that info on and also have a go ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Go and track down RG's Rolling Thunder post and answer the questions in his little questionnaire to help us out with the OBW2 online for May the 16th. May the 16th, yes. Hope to see you all there. (laughs) I can't play with the big boys. (laughs) Then Euro's where it's at. Uh, Well, Foshes, Foshes. Yeah, we're lousy with champions over this side of the water. Dripping in them. Uh, yeah, everywhere you can't even you you can't move for but well, well you can. if you weren't self isolating, <laughs> it's going to say two meters, please. Yeah, if you you yeah you can't be two meters away from one <laughs> at any one given time. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, actually, folks, if you if you don't do already, we're quite active on Facebook. If you uh, want to head on over to facebook.com forward slash the Ministry of Dice, give us a like and a follow. Uh, we post at the moment uh, almost daily, but um, even even when we're not self-isolating. We're pretty frequent posters there, and it's just uh, interesting conversations and chat going on, updates, news. Uh, you'll hear about posts on our blog, on our YouTube channel first at that space there, so I'd highly recommend going over. It's also a good place to monitor how Chris's sanity is slowly disappearing. There's <laughs> <laughs> more and more of your Lego come out to play. Mate, I thought that was that was an epic, epic photograph. It was. Um, that If you look at the photograph... Like the, you appreciate the time that you spent on it with the background. Is um, yeah, it's good, good, good work. What do you, uh, what do you mean with the with the background? I just happened to have been backstage while they were playing. Sorry, I must have been looking at a different photo. And I just yelled out, "Wait, lads!" And they turned around to face me, and they had the audience behind them, and I took a quick shot on my Nokia seventy two ten. I don't think there's a camera on, and no. Was there a camera on a Nokia 6210? There may or may not be. Let us know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) That's YouTube. Uh, and then all the other stuff. Subscribe. Uh, let's let's try and get us up to 150 subscribers minimum by my birthday in August. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be a lovely birthday present. Yeah, that would be, especially if I'm not able to go out on my birthday. Although we might we might be back to normality by August. We've got to be all right by August. I'm not holding out hope, mate. Really? No. Crikey, O'Reilly. That's a depressing it's... note to finish a podcast on, isn't it? Well, absolutely, but that, it's it's not the place for us to get political and for me to start sharing my opinions as to why. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just up north, though. Uh, well, we yeah, just sure. won't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> the rest yeah, of the world leave. will be fine. We'll just put those, yeah, yeah. those the updates from the government on a loop because uh, no one up north can bother watching them. Uh, and then the rest of the country will just go on on our merry way. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. (laughs) (laughs) Right then, well, we'll wrap it up there. I've been Chris, a.k.a. Drew Mr. Six. And I've been Andy, a.k.a. The Max Dice Breakfast Show. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you in two weeks. Bye-bye.
Mine is very little and yours is big. Well, <laughs> there's a soundbite for you. <laughs> I've got, I've got me an outro. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. 